Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shellerud from Ad Advance, and today I am joined by Mr. Tony Miller. And Tony, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Joe. Thank you for the mister as well. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing really good. You yeah. know, good Friday. Yeah, we got, got some snow on the ground up in Minnesota. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's good. Usually yeah. Matt doesn't throw that back at me, so I wasn't really ready for that. <laughs> Hit you with one on a Friday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. it's been an interesting week. Had to break out the shovel, a little bit of snow blowing as well. Tis the season in northern Minnesota. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So for those who don't know Tony, uh, Tony's our director of DSP. He's going to be covering some cool different features that we have, really digging into audiences and the insights that we can get there. And just to lead into it, too. Like if you're considering DSP or have been looking at it or figuring out what's the big deal with this thing, like for Amazon DSP, one of the major benefits that we have is the first party data that we get with Amazon. And by first party data, what we mean is just the ways that we can segment people into different audiences. Um, so, for example, if we look at the different ad platforms like uh, Facebook, Facebook tries to track you through different social interactions that you have or things you do on your social profiles. And then based off of that activity, it tries to put you into different groups that estimates like consumer behaviors. If we look at Google, now they can get a step closer and they, they can take search history and different pieces like that to get you into different audiences. Whereas Amazon, they can look at actual purchase history um, and from that determine who may be interested in certain types of products. And so with the first party data and the audience insights that we have within Amazon, it is super powerful. So that's the key reason why we wanted to cover that today with the podcast is there is so much power. And then with the extra tools that we're getting, there's a lot of cool ways that you can unlock different audiences. So I guess with that preface, Tony, where, where do you want to start? <laughs> yeah, definitely great information there. And, and that's a piece that I always try to touch on to with clients or potential clients. Um, you know, just the the massive amount of data that Amazon has access to, you know, and this is, this is people's shopping habits. There's never been a larger data set in the history of the world. So it's a, a tremendously powerful tool. Um, can be a bit daunting though at the same time of like, okay, now where do I start? Sure. So today we're looking to talk about audience insights, which is a tool available through the Amazon DSP council and can really be a, a beneficial tool, kind of a supplemental tool in helping your strategy and, and figuring out kind of where to start and what you're looking to do within DSP. Sure. So if I go into audience insights within the DSP console, like, what's it look like? What am I seeing? Where should I start? Yeah, definitely. So if you hop into the audience insights piece of the DSP council, you may notice some similar things to what maybe an Amazon rep shares with you on, you know, a monthly or quarterly cadence there. It's a lot of insights into, you know, different demographics. Demographics. I guess backing up a step, it's broken into four different sections here. So the first one talks about demographic information, you know, where you it's going to be a lot of the similar stuff that you're able to find through like your brand analytics, for example. They also have information about timing then, you know, so like day of the week, hourly data, weekly data, monthly data. Then it gets into the third section talking about purchase frequency, you know, for consumables. This is uh, tremendously valuable information to have. You know, um, 
are people purchasing multiple times or not first off sure then it goes into how many times do they do they purchase over the over the year-long period and then it goes into how long between those purchases sure. so incredibly valuable information for for consumable brands Excuse me. Um, and then the last piece that it talks about is your consideration period. You know, how, how long does it take people to eventually pull the trigger on a purchase after they're first introduced to your brand or even the subcategory that you're in? Now, a really cool piece about this is this doesn't just showcase information for your brand. This also has uh, information for brands similar to yours sure. within the same subcategory. So you get kind of a, a information about your brand, the, the people that purchase your product, their habits, but also kind of a benchmark. Where am I at versus my peers in the, in the same category? Sure. Yeah. So common questions that probably come to mind right now. Um, since this is available in the DSP console, one question is always, how do I get access to the DSP console? So to just answer that, to get access to the DSP console, you're either going to need to commit to a pretty significant amount of spend to get your own entity access through directly through Amazon DSP. And there you can get control of the console itself. The other way to do it is to go through an agency or provider like us. We're able to pool all of our DSP spend together within our entity and break it apart via advertisers so we have a lot more flexibility overall and honestly if you're just getting into amazon dsp it's a very complex platform um so not as not as good on the self-service orientation which is why sponsored display exists to try to simplify down some of those strategies um so a common question how do i get access to this really it's either committing to a pretty significant amount of spend and then you can get your own entity access or else going through a third party provider like us or other different agencies or tool providers that are out there. So as I'm looking at the audience insights, let's just break down piece by piece. I mean, yeah. we can talk through like some <clears throat> examples on how we're able to use the data. So well, let's start at the top. Yeah, for sure. So the first one that we talked about is demographics. So as I mentioned, you're going to you're going to be able to find some of this in like your brand analytics as well. Should be should be very similar or not, if not the same information here. Sure. Um, so want to talk about some use cases for all of these and and, you know, want to keep in mind, this isn't just for DSP use cases. You know, you can utilize this information for your sponsored ads or even external efforts as well. You know, it's it's very valuable information to have. You're likely as a brand running advertising on multiple different channels too. So if it's, you know, if it's working one place, it may very well work in other place as well. It's sure. always great to test out. So with demographics, one of the first use cases that comes to mind here is when we are going through, say, like a brand building effort where we are, you know, trying to reach a new audience of people who may not be familiar with our brand or our products, you know, trying to to get in front of them before maybe a need arises. And so that when that need does arise, your brand is the one that they think of. Sure. Um, so something that that demographics is very good for is kind of narrowing down your targeting. So right now, if, if we set up a campaign to go after people, you know, in market for a particular category, whatever, whatever your brand uh, partakes in, whatever category you're in, you know, the, those audiences out there are massive. You can target millions of people in a single day. You can put tens of millions of impressions out there and you're just kind of casting a really wide net and saying, hey, 
here it all is, you know, we're, we're targeting everybody thinking right now too, and especially the economic state that we're coming into where maybe people are getting squeezed on margins. You maybe have to cut back on your advertising. Um, it's a great opportunity to say, you know, rather than casting such a wide net, let's narrow our focus and target the people that we know based on this first party data are most likely to interact with our brand and eventually, uh, at the end of the day, make a purchase. Sure. Yeah. So we can say, you know, if, if men are more likely to purchase this product uh, than women or people who are retired are more likely to purchase, you name it, you know, it's income, relationship status, your housing status. If you can layer these audiences on top of the massive in-market or lifestyle audiences that exist, you can really hone in your targeting and, and actually speak to the people that are going to be most receptive to your message. And I, I think that's one big piece when you're looking at like Amazon TSP and how we're able to build audiences. You can essentially stack different audiences on top of each other. And so we could find people who are, say, interested in a certain topic, maybe you do downhill skiing. So you can find people who are interested in potentially downhill skiing. But then you could layer on different demographics on top of that. So maybe if your products are geared more towards men, now you could layer that on top. And if there's a certain age range who really is looking for downhill skis for you. Um, you can also apply that too. And so this can be used as a way to weed out people who obviously probably aren't gonna be your target market. So, you know, maybe we, we weed out people who are over 80 years old for downhill skiing <laughs> and maybe under a certain age, just to limit the, the amount of impressions that are shown to people who definitely aren't going to be interested. Um, but another way is if there's a really like core group that resonates with your products really well, now you can use demographics more as like an inclusion type thing where now you're just really targeting that subset. So you can look at it either way, kind of as like like a negative keyword on the, the search side, or at the same time, now let's just, let's just really focus on this one niche audience that I know is really going to resonate. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, a little nugget that I would pull out of that too, you, you hit on a great point where, you know, you can layer these audiences within DSP to get more refined. Um, something that we've found is that when you're looking at these demographic audiences, the reach that they have sometimes can be a, a heck of a lot smaller than you might think. So for example, if you say, Hey, men are more likely to, to purchase my product than women, maybe I'm going to layer on targeting males over the in-market audience that I'm targeting that may limit you too much essentially at that point. So rather than maybe layering on, you know, they have to be a male to be targeted, maybe let's exclude female. Sure. Um, and that way we're, you know, eliminating a small section of targeting here while still then speaking to maybe the larger section. It's, it's really just thinking about what kind of a reach am I going to have at the end of the day? Am I going to be too limited here? You know, which ultimately we're trying to be a little bit more limited than just general in market, but you know, sure. it may and limit the, you the too key, much. <laughs> the key mathematical thing that you're hitting on too is for some audience members, they may not be sure if they're male or female. So by excluding female, you're excluding people that you know are female, but then including what they know are male and then the other ones that they're not sure of based off of the audience information. So that's why it's not a one for one there. Right. There is some demographic information that they're not sure of. So by excluding who we're certain may not be in our target market, you're not limiting it as much and you would be including those people that they're not sure, say for like gender or age or different things like that. Right. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. 
Um, moving on past the demographic information, we come to timing. So the main pieces here that, that I find useful from audiences insights is going to be hourly timing, um, and daily, like daily day of week timing. Um, they do also layer in weekly, uh, performance and then monthly. Um, I would take this away and, and, you know, if you're unsure, if you have seasonality with your products, this could be useful for you. Sure. Um, a lot of the brands that we interact with, you know, if they've got a slow period or a, a busy period, they're likely aware of this ahead of time. So maybe not as useful, but, but still great information to have at the end of the day. Um, the hourly information and day of week information is great to have within DSP. You know, we can, we can use day parting. Hey, uh, people are most, most receptive to buying my products from nine in the morning to two in the afternoon, for example. Uh, maybe that's when I'm going to set my day parting to only run ads at those, those periods. Um, again, getting back to kind of the economy too, this can help you, you know, if your budget limited, maybe narrow your focus and, and really hone in on those periods where people are most likely to be receptive. Sure. Um, day of the week as well. You know, people are, are most likely buying your products on Saturday or Sunday. Great. Let's reduce our efforts during the week and, and really focus on those shoppers during the weekends. Yeah. And, and this is kind of fun, too, because it, it's the direct corollary to Amazon marketing stream now and the the data that we have available. Like on the sponsored side, we're able to use our streamlined system to implement continuous bidding to take advantage of those times where people are most likely to buy. Um, but on DSP, we also have tools and we have insights through audience insights, which is awesome to be able to see, especially if we're budget constrained and we have a very large audience we want to target. Now let's utilize that budget at the most at the times where people are most likely to be receptive of our ads. Just kind of the approach we take on the sponsored side too. if we're budget constrained, day parting can be a great option there. Let's just utilize our limited budget at those key points where people are most likely to purchase. Right, right. Um, the third one that we get into, I think, is probably the most interesting from a strategical standpoint, talks about purchase frequency. Um, so there's a couple different pieces here. One of them is talks about repeat purchases. For one, do, do shoppers make repeat purchases or not? And it's, it's kind of broken down into a percentage. So, you know, for consumables, you know, 75% of people purchase my products more than once. Great. You know, maybe we now hone in on those, those 25% who make one purchase and maybe drop off and, and consider another brand at that point. Um, it also gets into the number of purchases that they've made over the past 365. So of those people who, who make multiple purchases, here's how many on average they make in, in a year's time. Probably valuable as well. You know, if somebody purchases your product two, three times, and then, you know, you see a steep decline in the graph after the third, third purchase, well, that maybe tells us, hey, we got to start reaching out to those folks who fall off after the third purchase, re-engage them, get them to come back in brand versus, you know, flirting with purchasing another brand. Sure. The third piece of this talks about timing of those people who are purchasing multiple times. How long on average between those multiple purchases elapses before they come back? So... What I think is is amazing here is you can kind of group these all together and really come up with a, a great strategy for capturing people who may have fallen out of brand. Um, so let's let's say for example, people 
purchase your product three times. And then again, you see that steep decline on the graph where they may fall out of brand or, or what have you. If the average purchase time between purchases is a month, well, that tells us after three months, somebody's going to drop off, consider another brand or, or whatever. Well, maybe this is a great, great opportunity then to set up a re repurchase strategy where we are going to re-engage people who have previously purchased our products. But now let's, let's set an exclusion for those first 90 days, those first three months. We aren't going to focus on those people. We're going to exclude them from our targeting and really just speak to those people who are most likely falling out of brand to get them to come back at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of, a lot of pieces there that we can unpack. So one is we're looking at this and we know the repeat purchase rate and the frequency where they tend to repurchase. This can all feed back into the lifetime value of a new customer. So when we're looking at our advertising, we're not just looking at like if we look at ROAS based off of our advertising, ROAS is just tied to that first purchase. But if people keep coming back to purchase again, um, that may not get accounted into the ROAS calculation. And so your actual value that you're getting from your advertising in terms of repeat purchases is actually higher if people do actually repeat purchase from you. And so this can be really helpful when you combine this with new to brand metrics to figure out, all right, with my advertising, yep, if I look at straight up ROAS on that first purchase, it may not look as good. But when I take into account that somebody who comes in on average buys from me another two times, now it can completely change the picture and how we approach that. So that's one piece that um, is extremely valuable overall to take into account. And then like Tony's saying too, now that we have that information, now we can incorporate that into our advertising strategies. So for repeat purchase strategies, like when is the right frequency to reach back out? Does it make sense to reach back out? How long should I wait? Where are these true drop-off periods? Like we don't want to hit somebody with ads who's going to come back and purchase from, a, from us anyway. And so looking at these averages and figuring out, okay, maybe if this amount of time ellipses or goes after the first purchase, at that point, now I can reconsider a repurchasing strategy again. And so there's a lot of cool ways that we can implement this through the audiences within Amazon DSP. One, making sure that we're keeping those customers loyal to your brand, but two, making sure that we're not wasting spend by targeting people with ads that would have come back anyways. Right, definitely. Yeah, we always want to be conscious of, of potential cannibalization and really trying to put our best foot forward when we're when we're setting up campaigns. Yep. Yeah. And just to hit on that too a little bit more, because I've seen a lot of discussions about this, cannibalization or the incremental value of your ads, it's super important to take into account. Because for instance, what we could do if we just wanted to make the advertising metrics look really good is anybody say say they purchase and they're coming back we could just retarget them with ads and then that next purchase is going to get attributed attributed to the ad roas is going to look great but did it really add any incremental value right. if they were going to come back again no and so that that's the key thing when we're looking at advertising results is you have to go past the initial metrics and really look at the underlying data and the strategies that imp that's implemented uh, when you're taking this into account. So that's what Tony was getting at is the cannibalization. Like, yeah, there's no need to run ads if they're going to come back anyways. And so we want to try to exclude those audiences. And with these insights, it provides us even more information to be able to do that. Definitely. Yeah. And that brings us to the fourth section within audience insights, consideration period. 
So this is broken into two different graphs. One of them is for your subcategory. The other is for your brand specifically. So this is going to give you information for, you know, how long does it take when somebody's first introduced to either the subcategory or your brand to eventually make a, a purchase. So, you know, maybe smaller price point items don't have as much of a consideration period. You know, if something's five bucks, like it, it may not take much decision to say, hey, I'm going to buy this one or this one. Like at the end of the day, I might just purchase one immediately. I'm going to so buy you, a phone charging cord yeah, or I'm yeah. going to buy you, some double A batteries exactly. or different things like that. I'm just going to go in. I'm not going to spend much time looking around. Right. Definitely. But then let's say we get into, you know, some higher price point items. It's it's a bit more of a consideration whether I'm going to open my wallet and make this two three hundred dollar purchase right now or you know, am I going to do some more research, shop around a little bit, see who the competition is out there? You know, this is great information for those kind of brands with with products that take a lot longer consideration, period. Yep. You so know, if I'm looking at luxury watches right. or if I'm looking at changing a consumable brand, like I'm switching my detergent or something like that, you know, I'm probably going to look into it a little bit more because I'm making a habit change. <laughs> and so anything higher price point or luxury items or something where I'm changing an existing habit, there's going to be more of a consideration time there. Definitely. And what this can be really useful for is setting your look back windows. You know, there's there's a lot of thought and, and, and strategy that goes into saying, how, how far back am I going to look for people who have either purchased or viewed my brand? Um, you know, this can be very useful. If the consideration period from audience insights is showing, uh, you know, people take 60 days or so, two months to, to make an eventual purchase. Well, that tells you your, your remarketing efforts may take a while. You might have to set longer lookbacks to, you know, continue to remind that shopper that, Hey, you've looked at our product, you've interacted with our brand, you know, come back and make a purchase here. Um, you know, whereas if, if, for example, you set your lookback window to only go 15 days or a month after that time period, you've lost that client or that, uh, yeah, that shopper, you know, so then another brand using audience insights sets their lookbacks longer. Now they're engaging that shopper. They're more likely to, to land that purchase at the end of the day. Sure. Yeah. It's super helpful when we're setting up our advertising funnels to figure out the timing and the frequency of our ads. So if you have a longer time period from when they're initially introduced to the brand to actually purchasing, you're going to want to take your time more on upper funnel strategies at the start, get them more familiar with the brand, and then slowly work your way down the funnel. You don't want to jump right from brand introduction to trying to drive the purchase. It's just too quick. Um, and so it's really helpful when we're setting up the funnel. How quickly do we try to move down the funnel? And then the other pieces are, how far do we look back? Um, you know, so if they looked at our brand, say the typical consideration time period is two months and they looked at our brand a year ago, you know, maybe there wasn't something that resonated with them and we shouldn't go back that far. And we should just focus on the people who are familiar with our brand right now. Or the other way to look at it is maybe I just need to reintroduce them to my brand and start that two month time period again. So there's a lot of different ways that you can look at it, but it really helps in when we're structuring the full funnel, um, how quickly we should be getting down the funnel and then all the timing aspects that go along with that. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So any other key takeaways that you have or other strategies or kind of cover it all the, all the key audience insights? Yeah, I think we've, we've kind of covered it here. I mean, really my, my overall message I would say is 
you know, this is one piece of the puzzle. One, one thing to take into consideration when setting up your overall strategy, you know, if you're going for a full funnel approach, let's, let's utilize this information where it's going to be most helpful. It's great information to have and, and leverage and, and actually put into practice at the end of the day here. You know, there are, there are going to be other, other things to take into consideration as well here, which, you know, as a, uh, an advertiser or the brand yourself, you know, you're going to, you're going to have a lot of those external pieces as well. But, you know, this is, is just one piece of the puzzle here. One of the, one of the tools in the tool belt that we have at our disposal when, when setting up a client for DSP. Yeah. Yeah. So if these insights sound good, you know, you need to be running DSP to get them, but um, definitely consider reaching out and trying to get these insights. If you have a provider who is currently running your DSP, know that this is available to them. So you can definitely ask for that too. Overall, it's a ton of great information. It's really fun on the audience building side when you get to take into account all these different sources and pieces to make sure that you've got this awesome full funnel strategy put together. So we have a lot of fun digging into it and there's always new creative ways that you can use the data and look at it. So definitely always learning and growing. So there you go. yeah, well, you know, this has been another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, we really appreciate you listening. If you're able to and have a second, we'd love a review for the podcast. So make sure to do that. Give us any feedback on how we can continue to improve. And as always, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.